Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Weekend Wine on Saturdays with Jenny. Well, joining us on the line is Michael Fridgen. And uh, Michael, I don't know whether you're still in the Western Cape or whether you're back home where everything happens. I'm, in fact, still in the Western Cape. We've just finished the old mutual trophy wine show and trophy spirit show judging. But we've got the Wine Judging Academy next week. So it seemed a perfect time to see whether I could get used to the idea of rain. And then we might have a nice wet summer in Gauteng. Well, it would be wonderful if we had a nice wet summer because our dams are pretty, pretty um, empty, actually. Indeed, bleak. Yes, uh, we don't want to talk about that. It's too much with COVID and, you know, then to have water rationing. I can't bear it. Michael, let's, let's talk about... We will, we will put positive thinking. We, I always positive think, um, but I'm prepared for, <laughs> you know, for the worst. But, but Michael, I mean, Jenny? you've been tasting some, obviously, trophy. Hello? Can you hear me? Michael, can you hear me? Okay, I think we've got a slight hiccup. We're just checking. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, let's get Michael again. And uh, we seem to have a slight problem. So we'll just dial Michael Fridgen again. He's down there in the Western Cape and the lines are working. So he must have just dropped or I've just dropped or something. In the meantime, can I just uh, remind you, because it is Heritage Month. And, uh, and of course, one of the things that, that I think is so interesting, I was just reading this because it's just come up on my screen. And it just says, Lionel Abrams, Sean Duval, Ahmed Essip, Nadine Gordimer, Bessie Head, Eskia uh Sipo Sepamia, Mangani Soroti, Peter Durkes. And that's a collection. It, it's again, it's Bridge Books, Modern South African Stories. And it's on the bestseller list. So I'm just saying that when people say we as South Africans don't uh, read, I just want to curl up and die with laughter. Let's go back to Michael Fridgen. Michael, I don't know what happened there. Just died, but keep going. Okay. So, so I'm good at that. So, Michael, you've been tasting some extraordinary wines, and we're going to hear all about them um, a little later on in the year and, and everything, and hopefully the trophy wine shows are, are going to uh, continue. But tell us a little bit about the state of wine in the Western Cape. I mean, is it healthy? Is it not healthy? How have the smaller states uh, managed to survive, if they have managed to survive, the, the, this long, agonizing lockdown? We've been trying to unpack this, and at the dinners which followed the daily judging, there are obviously lots of people, lots of opinions, but not necessarily a wealth of hard facts. But some of the information is palpably clear. So we've got roughly 550 wine producers in South Africa, of whom more than half produce around 5,000 cases or less. So they really are the equivalent of the mom and pop shop. They don't have a huge financial backing, but they also don't have a huge amount for the banks to take over. So what we think, and certainly what I think, is that somewhere between 30 and 50% of them are for the moment mothballed and out of business. They have whatever they made from the 2020 vintage. Remember that the vintage was in before the COVID lockdown. Mm. So if they thought they were in business, they bought the grapes, they crushed the grapes, they made the wine. The wine is sitting in tanks or barrels. Now their problem is twofold. 
at some stage they have to buy the more expensive component of basic wine, which is what we call dry goods, glasses, you know, bottles, corks, mm. packaging. And for many of them, if they haven't been able to sell in any quantity for the last five or six months, they simply don't have the cash flow. So either they're going to go and borrow money and try and sell their wine into a depressed market, or they've been very lucky and they had pending orders for the 2019 vintage and the cash has come in. So very loosely, the problem is this. If their clientele was restaurants, they're done. Those restaurants have closed down. Many of them are not reopening. And if they had any debt owing to them from the restaurants, they may never see that money. So the estimate, as I say, is an attrition of 30 to 50% there. And some of them may parlay their way out of it simply by holding stuff in tank for a bit longer, waiting and see if they can get a financial backer to help them, etc., etc. And many of them may never come back. Some of them may take a break for a year or two and not buy any fruit in 2021. So they'll stretch what they've made and take themselves forward for a year or two more. So that segment of the wine economy, the small, interesting, tiny producers have certainly taken a battering. Much more seriously, I think, are the mid-sized, old, slightly you know, established but not big brand wineries, where typically of the fruit they had on their, say, 60 to 100 hectare wine farm, they processed 20 or 30% for their own label and sold a lot of that fruit either to these small guys mm-hmm. or to the big wholesalers. The big wholesalers have already indicated that the effect of the lockdown is that they will be a much reduced buyer of fruit for the 2021 harvest. So, no question about it, will be at the grower level in 2021. So, I mean, 2021 is, is going to separate the men from the boys. It's going to do that. It's going to take, you know, we've already seen a loss of roughly 30% of the growth in the country over the last 15 years. And we're going to see another 20% go out in one year. And already I've spoken to growers who said, I'm mothballing my vineyards, which is another nice way of saying I'm going to spend not another cent on them. And it will take me a year or two to bring them back to reasonable life. And I know people who are literally planting garlic and onions because it's a cash crop, it's a quick turnover, it puts money in the bank. So there will be less fruit, less demand for fruit, and that in itself is going to take a lot of variety out of the the game. But these mid-sized estates where the guys now don't have the money to make their own wine and they don't have the buyers for the fruit which they were really selling in the first place Mm. to fund Mm. the estate, who knows what will happen to them. If you don't export, I mean, the ones who export in considerable numbers seem to me to be relatively all right, or am I living in Cuckoo Land? No, you're absolutely right. They're booming. So the big, strong export names tell me that they have actually had their best year ever, and that's because if you're exporting, and we're talking about real exporting, not 10 or 20%, 70% and more of your crop, Firstly, the RAND weakness has increased your revenue. Secondly, except for that desperate month of April, 
where the government banned exports as part of Level 5, their businesses continued uninterrupted. In the United States, where we've seen a real growth of interest in South African wine, the June sales figures were down 75%. And that's because the impact of that April ban Mm -hmm. simply emptied the pipeline of South African wine at a time when Mm -hmm. we were growing our market share there by more than 40%. So it was an idiotic, I have to say, idiotic ban. And the effect of that is that it's created a hiatus in that market. And for the exporters, it's caused a lot of pain. But they will recover from that and they will get on with their business. And some of them are doing very well indeed. So so the, the, they're exporting increasingly to the United States. Um, uh, uh, what about China? Because China is a growing market, as I understand it, for South African wines. It is a growing market. It's still by no means a significant value market. So our real value markets are still Western Europe and um, North America. We have a very strong market in Canada and we have a better value market in the United States. One of the interesting things, which is certainly why exports are growing, is that in lockdown in Western Europe, taking the UK as an example, people who haven't been able to go and eat out have been eating at home that have been buying better wine. In other words, if you're not paying a restaurant markup, you think, oh, well, I might as well upgrade my wine purchase. So looking at the figures that have just come in, the UK market has seen a significant shift upwards from that five pounds a bottle mark, which is pretty much what half the country spends its money on. And that 50 pound, that five pound mark has moved towards the sort of five to seven pound mark, which means that the wine value that people are buying increases significantly and therefore the revenue to the South African producer is increased both by the weaker rand and the fact that the UK consumer is buying better wine and beginning to enjoy his South African wine much more. Michael, we're almost out of uh, out of time. I mean, I, I, there's so much to talk about. Just, just is is it possible to put a, a figure on the number of people who are who are now unemployed? It could be a thumbtack figure, but uh, several people are talking about over a hundred thousand um, in the wine industry, yeah. pure wine industry. I would say seventy to ninety thousand. If you add hospitality industry to it, you can add another two or three hundred thousand. And this is a real appeal. Government must announce that foreign visitors coming from countries where levels of infection are not bad are welcome to South Africa without quarantine. If they don't do it now, those people are not going to book air tickets for December. And the real tourist season bringing in real hard currency and real employment right through the hospitality industry will be lost for another 12 months. And then the attrition will be another two or 300,000 jobs oh, permanently God. lost. Michael Fridgen, thank you very, very much indeed. It is a bleak picture with moments of light in it. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us. That was Michael Fridgen just giving us a brutal look, actually, at what has happened to the South African wine industry. We, we cannot somehow absorb 90,000 people without work. We have to do something about it. He's come up with a partial solution. Let's keep our fingers crossed and let's continue to buy wine, please. 
The Weekend Wine on Saturdays with Jenny. We encourage all Afropolitans to drink responsibly. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind.